0: To the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're
1: drowning, and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay,
0: him. pay that man his money.
1: Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40 percent returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns.
0: Where's the money, Labowski? You're gonna make a lot of money,
2: right?
1: Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them
3: a 3 percent return. I'll trust you to watch his kids. Video. I'm
0: a big fan of money.
1: Move around. Motion creates emotion.
4: I did not know this. That's it. I'm done.
5: Well, and welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. i Tomorrow at Burn on the Board. SP futures up 43. Nasdaq futures up 111. Wow. Up day after seven weeks in a row of Dow being down or something. We'll see if we. We're up this week. If we are, I think it might just be a flash. Just, Margaret, don't look so good. Don't look so healthy, Lucy. Um, do we have Mr. Greg Pappas with us? Happy Monday, Chief. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you? I like this weather. little cool in the morning. Nice during the day, you know. I don't like the 90 degrees stuff yet. Just saying I like this.
2: Not yet. Not so bad. Uh, it did was uh, decent weather for planting over the past week, so... We've had some uh, progress. You're right.
5: Um, how was the restaurant show? Is that is that the first uh, first one I've heard about? First big show back in Chicago, something from the COVID.
2: So uh, I think started on you know bright and early Saturday morning, and I'd say judging from attendance and past attendance and so, maybe we were off like twenty or thirty percent. But I don't know if they had the online component or whatever, or how many people they made up with that, but. Uh, you know, not the worst, and the parties and stuff, uh, uh, the ancillary parties and stuff related to all the different companies and their customer show, customer parties and such, I'd say we're off to the same, but it's a
5: start. It's usually the uh, biggest week for restaurants, that or maybe the machinery show, huh?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I was out in Gold Coast area, and I'd say most of the restaurants were booked up until, you know, say 10 or so, so...
5: Well, 's that's, that's a change they've been booked yeah. up but not late
2: so right. did you uh, so this was definitely a, an increase uh, Lightfoot was there actually speaking in, on Saturday morning so
5: so did you uh, the weasel right your way, the way around trying all the free samples time. I mean I mean did you do some research
2: I did a lot of research um, nothing really stood out which was kind of disappointing uh, we're not looking for anything special at the restaurant now just Trying to, you know, survive. Uh, yeah. But a lot of cool stuff out there. I would encourage anyone to check out a uh, National Restaurant Association. I think it's dot org.
5: Isn't there and, usually uh, all something
2: stuff that's up on YouTube and Instagram? Isn't
5: there usually something? that's the the new wave every year. It's either some kind of a mixed mixed drink or mixed something or maybe there's always some new new something. Right. Some new uh, handy dandy thing. Is there is there a handy dandy thing this year?
2: Uh, food and drink trends. Or I'd say more tequila. That's
5: really? Well, that's cool. Um yeah. for a long time it was it's uh, good for
2: Chicago in that that people are here. Um hopefully they're not seeing the crime stats while they're here. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess the
5: business has still got it. But I wonder how McCormick Place managed to find all the people to set it all up when I mean, they haven't done anything in two and a half years. I guess everybody's hanging around, <laughs> waiting for the
2: call. Very, yeah, McPeer's very efficient.
5: Yeah, but how do you... Uh, hey, Joe, <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for two and a half years, sitting on the sofa, just hoping you'd call. I mean, really? I mean, after a certain period of time, people go to the call's not coming, right? You would think.
2: Yeah, there's a, the same thing that happened uh, everywhere, basically, where we were shut down or the restaurants yeah. were just kind of on cruise control or barely getting by. You know, you call your people back and they say, "Nope, oh, got a new job, I'm Working at a factory, or I'm doing uh, janitorial work or something that's closer to my house, you know, you got to either pay me way more or, or, uh, yeah, I'm not coming back. <laughs>
5: well, for a real long period of time, I mean, not to bust the restaurateur's bubble, but, I mean, uh, the, the really the, the wages paid to people had not gone up in a real long period of time. I mean, that was, that was, that was across the board. I mean, from 2000 to Two thousand and twenty. I mean, you could get somebody for ten bucks an hour, right? Pretty much.
2: Uh, here, not so much in the city, in the minimum wage stuff in Illinois. You know, you've gone up pretty significantly to pass that. I, I think the competitive right now is like seventeen or eighteen.
5: What I'm saying is, and for the first, taking the the, the time from 2000 to 2022, for the first eighteen, nineteen years, none of those people kept up with inflation. I don't think.
2: Uh, the, the government made sure that there was some. I think it was 11.
5: Yeah, but I mean, it it's still 30. not. I mean, what, what you and I would consider inflation, I mean, houses have doubled, cars have doubled, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, no, nobody, tuition's doubled, and nobody's, nobody doubled in the, in that 20 year period, I don't think. It wasn't like it went from 10 to 20.
2: Oh, no. No. But it's, it's close now from what, 2010 ish?
5: Well, did you read this thing about... Read it. I mean, you're feeling it here. You're named. Oxfam calls for an end to billionaire bonanza. Says millions are, fail, are falling into extreme poverty. There were 573 more billionaires in the world by March 2022 than in two 2020 when the pandemic began. Oxfam... Whoever the hell Oxfam is. The they point out that billionaires are now collectively worth $12.7 trillion. You go to 14% of global... Uh, just a mass thing but they go right down the list of people who now everybody's going to Davos are you going to Davos
2: <laughs> yeah those those are the, the your people right the point zero yeah. .01 percenters
5: so what, do you, what, do you, what do you suppose uh, a martini cost or a glass of wine at the bar in Davos
2: uh, I would my market would be Las Vegas times one and a half
5: the thing when I went to Vegas everything was like free you know it's First thing everybody does... The last couple times... Guys, I didn't went to Vegas. The first thing you do is... is the, the best business we could ever have done... Right? Is bought... Back when everybody wondered why the hell anybody would do something like that. This is the guy who built a huge ball... Or there's like a couple of them, The big Walgreens. So everybody goes right over to Walgreens and buys like a case of water because it's like... It's like 15 bucks or some crap. Or $12 in the place. If you pull it out of your... Yeah. You, you know, your little AC unit or whatever. So it says here... uh Honing in soaring wealth in specific business sectors, sectors, Oxfam said the fortunes of food and energy billionaires rolled by $453 billion in the last two years. It created $1 billion every two days. For instance, food giant Cargill reported to be one of four companies that control more of... Didn't Cargill buy uh, Central Soya? Uh,
2: that was a while ago. But still, Cargill, they bought Cargill, ADM... Um, I think the Democrats are really trying to get in front of this in antitrust, in terms of antitrust.
5: Well, how do you get in front of something when you're 40 years behind?
2: <laughs> well, they're trying to prevent more uh, takeovers. Too in late. Space.
5: Once you're down to two or three, what's the difference? Uh, <coughs> just saying. I don't know. Cargill reporting one of... Another good
2: organization for, to follow. Yeah, it's FAO.
5: What says they control more than 70%. The global, global agriculture market. Now, when I'm done with this, you can tell me what, how can somebody control 70%? Well, the corporation owned by the Cargill family generated a net income of nearly 5 billion last year, the biggest profit in its history. There are now 12 billionaires in the Cargill family alone. It's set up from 8 part of the pandemic plus favorite son Greg Pappas. <laughs> Is that you?
2: Well, Carg- Cargill revenue has always been giant. I mean, and if you double crop prices in a year, of course they're going to do better. Uh, crush margins when you know double also. So uh, if you get inflation and your main your main source of income uh, it goes goes way up. Yeah, you're going to have record years. Cargill's been, I think, the largest what private company in the U.S. for a long time. So. Really?
5: Are they well, Mars is up there. I know.
2: Um, yeah, Mars Mars is higher, Cargill, um, Coke.
5: Now, what exactly, wh- what hours. part of the system, I mean, from top to bottom, what is, where does Cargill control? I mean, I, I don't know. I know they're huge. I just don't know what specifically they're in. Are they're, they're not in the barge. Are they in the barge business or are they in, the, in the co-op business? I mean, what, what do they do?
2: So Cargill takes um, crops and processes them, so anything that you like the inputs for uh food basically they they run anything related related to processing food so whether it be buying the beans or growing the beans or processing the beans everything that that's related to uh food production i mean cargill has a piece of
5: that big plant out in uh is it in uh summit um when you go by there, it always kind of stinks, but it's a modern looking facility. Is that ADM? Is, I think it's a corn. What do they do that? They make, they make corn syrup and corn fructose. I mean, there's, I mean, it's a huge place. Is, that's a corn processing plant though, isn't it? Not, I don't think it's soybeans. You know what I'm talking about? If you take, uh. I'm not
2: sure which one you're, you're talking about, but generally they'll have, uh, either corn or bean processing. And what those do is they, they import the, they don't import. They, they buy the beans from the f- local farmers or the ones that they've grown themselves and process them into things like, uh, <clears throat> you know, bean oil or soybean meal, and then they collect the margin uh, associated with the, the crush.
5: Right, so they put, they put the uh, oil in one railroad car and the a, and a meal in another and send it off, basically.
2: Right, yeah, and it's, the lines that go in there are uh, rail cars.
5: So. Yeah, this has a, been a huge rail thing um, right by the yeah. Indiana Harbor Belt uh, rail facility, which gets to every year. Uh, for those that don't know. Uh, to
2: give you an idea of the volume, I think a good, a bigger processing plant for beans can do 12,500 contracts or so. And that's uh, 5,000.
5: Well, contracts are it's carload, like right?
2: More than 60 million pounds of beans or something in a season.
5: Well, a contract's a carload, right? Yeah. So 5,000 bushels is basically a, a covered hopper.
2: Uh, the, the car for the meal is, is 100 short tons, so that fits, fits in one for, I'm not sure about the oil, I know the contract is 60,000 pounds of.
5: Well, that's, that's a, that's a tanker. That's what's how heavy they are. Roughly. My brother knows better, but, Matter of fact, Pullman Pullman had the patent for well, for however long you can have a patent on the covered hopper. For those that don't uh, know what I'm talking about, when you see a coal car going by, the the tops there is no top. Nobody cares if your coal gets wet, right? Um, But if you have a bunch (laughs) of beans, the (laughs) last last thing you want is mice crawling out the side and and the thing being all wet. Uh, So there was a top, was a covered. And so there was a top, and Pullman had the patent on the, the cover. Of, and I don't know why it, would, it was such a big deal. We wouldn't think like it was a genius to put a top on it, but somebody was or did or something. Um, what do you? Uh, what do you? What do you make of? I mean, obviously, is a. It's a guy, trade. When this. you
2: talk about billionaires, yeah. If inflation is seven point five percent, I'd expect at least seven point five percent more billionaires. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Well, this is one that's even uh, creepier. Here, um, the uh, Oxfam said the pandemic created 40 new billionaires in the pharmaceutical sector. The billionaires, those who profited from the company's monopolies over vaccines, treatments, tests, and personal protective equipment. And the part, part I have there is they, these people really got their nose up the ass of government. And the idea about still getting tests and people who bought all the you know, they bought all the masks from certain people and. This vaccine thing, I, I think it's, <clears throat> it's getting out of hand. I was reading here a minute ago, I'll just, without lobbing an opinion out there, although I guess people will be able to tell my opinion, is they just got, they got approved for, for, uh, booster shots for kids like under, uh, Pfizer said the third COVID vaccine shot for kids under five is 80% effective against Omicron, whatever that means. I'll tell you what, I, I am getting really concerned about this, uh, what's the, uh, hepatitis? For kids, they don't know where it's coming from. And this morning, they're talking about they think it might be a cold uh, germ combining with the uh COVID germ. It makes them think it's not the cold germ combining with the vaccine.
2: I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope that the vaccine still worked, right? I,
5: I well, since I think the amount of kids under five that have died from it is like ten or twelve or thirty or something. I, uh, that's what the doctor told me but I thought it was under thirty. I can't imagine a kid under five needing a vaccine i just or certainly need a booster, but i again i'm not i'm not i don't think that that's uh well
2: looking at uh biotech, I follow kind of x b i as my pro- or proxy for biotech and that's been getting hammered the past i don't know year and a half, so they went bananas for uh i don't know maybe six months or so they probably traded. From, you know, 70 to 140, but now we're right back down to 70. So I, I'm guessing some of those tech, or not tech, uh, biotech billionaires or whatever have gotten really, really hammered. I
5: head remember I said that the guys who made all the money were probably the the testers, the guys with the... I mean, they're still giving people the up-the-nose-into-the-back-of-your-head-kill-you kind of tests all over the place. When when sure. all the athletes and stuff were using, using the uh, spit-in-the-test-tube one, which is a lot easier on your nose and head uh but here's, I mean what do you think is buying all these ho- at home test kits? I mean what are, you know governments give them to everybody for free I mean, how would you like to be on that boondoggle
2: <laughs> it's it's definitely a good contract to have if the government says I want a billion tests, <laughs> sign me up for that contract
5: yeah i mean it's uh i mean it, i don't uh i, I this idea i, I would i don 't know I would single all these people out in the c d c and other places and they're they're just too tight with this Pfizer, i think i mean wait a minute we we're gonna use tests from Pfizer we use their studies to, to tell us to prove their stuff i don't I don't know about that i just anyway uh so there so what what um you know, so you sent me a whole bunch of stuff this weekend and it's all all pretty damn interesting it's uh it's all on these 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 uh price rises and it's probably not something you're, you're you're dying to see but it's um it's there and i uh, what uh, which one of these do you uh, do you find I'm going to say the most interesting out of the uh,
2: to me I'd say like the c- direct rise in prices for the consumer versus the rise in prices of the actual commodities. So if you look at uh, let's take let's take the crops for example, and you look over the past year, corn, beans, uh, bean oil, and wheat. You know those things are up fifty to seventy percent. In a year, whereas the the inflation to the what the consumer sees is only like I don't know ten right now, and there's another five expected. So that's just a giant spread. But I'm, I'm kind of wondering how it comes in because that that suggests either <laughs> we've got further pain at the pump and at the store, or you know maybe we get some relief in that those uh, input prices has come down a whole bunch.
5: Well, the um, I have not done this, but we had uh, a couple people said on the show last week, and I'm, I'm sure they're right. Is that we last time the uh, oil got to this level, the regular gas was nowhere near this high. I mean, it was five nineteen out in the burbs this weekend. I mean, uh, it's up like seventy cents from last. Well, no, thirty or five or forty cents from last week. I Meaning I?
2: Yeah, we're one of five states. I think with over $5 gas
5: average. Yeah, and uh, I don't, uh, there, there's, a, there's this refinery glitch and w- once you reach this point, I mean, it happens, you know, time and again. I mean, we shouldn't have, you know, four places making baby formula. If we had 30, we wouldn't have this problem if one plant goes out, right? I mean, it wouldn't be, we keep, we keep letting these places combine, combine, combine. And I, I, how many, you know, what, did, did one one refinery decide one company? There was a, um, a group back when I was in, the younger than you, Greg, I was in college and had a, a professor who was, uh, he was talking about unions and about uh, monopolies and things like that. And he said there was this one place where the, uh, they had four companies and they all were in the line, it was a concrete business or whatever it was, and whenever a road project came up, Everybody, everybody bid, and the guy who bid just a little bit lower than the other 3 uh, there were four super high bids. They all talked to each other, and the guy whose turn it was to get the contract was decided by the phase of the moon. Everybody had their phase of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> Very scientific. Yeah, well, it's all—it's you know, like you know, same thing as okay, the first eight days of the month or years, they switched it around, so the phases of the moon you know keep changing as the months go by. So I don't know, somebody had the, you know, the the, the whatever. The new moon phase is do so you ever
2: do you ever look on Twitter for like the instant reactions from the left versus the right? Uh, no I try to like follow you know what what's really happening, and the only way you can really do that is by looking at the two extremes and then trying to see if it's somewhere in the middle, but I guess the the far left is saying that it's related to tariffs, and why would you handicap ourselves like that. Uh, with canada and importing and such like that and then the right is saying well you're shutting down major uh major production facilities for not a big problem and i think it was bacteria or something and they're saying it's the government's fault so i really don't know and i don't know what to believe
5: it's well i mean it's those two. there's uh if you have 50 refineries which nobody wants in their backyard and one of them goes down for maintenance you don't even notice the difference. Just like in your business, if one farmer says I don't want to farm this year, does anybody even know or care? I mean, the,
2: uh,
5: I mean, the, the, the I mean,
2: the, in terms of countries, if one country gets invaded, the well, no, a, con- care, con- even
5: a country makes a difference. But if, you know, if yeah. one farmer says the price of corn is too cheap, I won't grow it this year. Well, okay, you'll, you'll show us. I mean, <laughs> what difference does that make? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's saying it's it's all it's all about you let every time. This is the weird part on this because, by the way, I spent a weekend with a couple of serious right wingers, you know, and uh, one of them being my significant other. Who'll be on later? Uh, <laughs> but the, she, she's the best. But her one of her friends is uh, is really out there. I mean, if, if it's not on Fox or something else, we're not we're not we're not even listening. It's it's all it's all the Biden administration's fault. I mean, it's. Because because they shut down the one pipeline, I go the pipeline had nothing to do with stuff here. Besides, it wouldn't be done now anyway. The uh, you know I I think that the administration and the direction has caused a uh, you know a reluctance on the part of people to put huge capital to work, thinking that in five or ten years people are thinking about going a totally different direction. So I think the response to the rising prices has been slower than it normally would be. But from my economic knowledge, which is a little bit more than this one, ladies, I'm saying that the seeds of this, this is all, it's always the seeds are someplace. The seeds were two or three years ago when the oil got down to $28 a barrel, when, when Saudi and Russia oversupplied to try, well, allegedly, to try and uh, put our our uh, fracking fields out of business. Now, I don't know if Saudi would do that directly because the price down there they had so many, there's so many people in, in Saudi that are second and third cousins. I mean, does anybody work over there? They they all get a check because they're part of the royal family, and half the country's part of the royal family, right? Or a lot of the country, not half. So the idea of those guys, you know, running oil down that low just to, you know, just to piss us off. But somehow or another, it was just glutton oil. And we get down to $28 a barrel, and then the one, you know, the the IB platform sold the stuff negative, right, which was even crazier. Uh, the futures, so then all of a sudden the, the rig count goes from 1200 to like 300 or something, right, because nobody, nobody can all the, all your plans for uh, pipelines into the Permian base and everything are all canceled, did you ever see that there was a map uh, it was one of the neatest things, I'm not, I'm not a, everybody knows I'm not all that tech savvy, but I found this online spot It's the neatest thing, right, because they had all these, all parts of the country even Southern Illinois. Remember, remember when they were bitching in Southern Illinois about forcing the, uh, the the counties down there to increase the strength of their bridges because they were going to do, uh, they were gonna do um, what do you call it, fracking in Southern Illinois, uh, Northeast Ohio, a lot of Pennsylvania. As a matter of fact, one of the clients used to write me, gave me the blow-by-blow of the contract and all, all the stuff and who was paying for what. Well, the interactive map was over a two-year period. It came up with, like, purple of all these places that were going to do fracking. Then all of a sudden, the next couple of years, and the prices went down. The purple all disappeared; just all disappeared because none of that went forward because the prices went down to twenty-eight bucks a barrel. So now you don't see any of those places saying, "Hey, we better get back in the fracking," because they learned the first time. This one lady who w- would write me once in a while, she'd say they bought. The, her husband had a hunting lodge, and all these other guys up in some hill in Pennsylvania, where all the guys were up there and blast deer and drinking. you know, it sounds like fun. I don't, know I'm not blasting anything. Uh, so anyway, they, they, some place bought mineral rights to the place. They gave them like a million bucks, said they were going to they were gonna put a road in up there to the place, and then they were going when to, when it was done, they were going to take the road out and plant trees and make it like it was never a road there. And they had three or four years to start drilling and they, the three or four years expired because the, the price went down anymore. But all the other guys around them, evidently they have pipelines they can just lay on the ground. Temporary pipelines. They had contracted with all those guys for Temporary pipelines, and they never did anything. The company's probably out two and a half million bucks plus whatever it costs to take the road out, just on their piece of property. They never never got a drop out of there. So I mean, that's what happened when we went down to twenty eight bucks. So people are very reluctant to go do that again, right? Just because of the prices spike for a six month period. So we've kind of poisoned if you're that well.
2: Saudi, yeah. If you're Saudi and Russia, you can team up and have and maybe exceed uh, USA. Potential, even when we're, when say when Trump was in office, you know we were twenty percent of global oil, and if Saudi and Russia are are, you know say twenty five together, then you team up and you win, and here we haven't had the political uh, consensus to have w- what production we want to do. So yeah, it you, got,
5: you got to define victory. If you cut the price by half and you end up selling ten percent more, you didn't win anything. <laughs> It's like Ukraine. Well, it's like Ukraine saying they're they're winning this war when wars fought on your property. Every time a shell lands, it blows something up of yours. You're not winning. You might be turning them back,
2: but you're not winning, are you? Well, Russia's got the squeeze on everybody now.
5: So. Yeah. All right, Greg. Thank you very much, buddy. See you there in a week. SP Futures up 38 now. future Futures up 95. They were up a little more, but we're still up. Be right back, Mister John Flanagan.
1: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds?
0: 8810, or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, Innovation in Human Resources, licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
5: Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments.
0: Stocks! Jocks! Jacks.
6: Stocks and Jocks! You are out of control! Right here! Right now!
5: Right here! Right now! Right now! Lone rope back to Stocks and Jocks sometime, huh? <laughs> Mr. Mad Burner, we're so mad, are you canceling your trip to belgium as belgium uh introduces mandatory monkey pox quarantine as global cases rise
7: well i'll tell you right now it's not high on my list of places to go
5: what do you mean belgium they got more beer in belgium different kinds of beer in belgium than any other country in the world it's only a small country
7: yeah they also got a disease named after a primate um <laughs> I'm, yeah. good. I'm good i'm good i'm good to stay here in chicago at least for the time being You get shot yeah you're That's ready to get shot, you get monkey parked. The only d- disease we got here is uh lots of guns. It's bullets, yeah.
5: s <laughs> futures up 37. As futures up 92. Dow futures up 290. We're in Europe. We've got the DAX up 104.7%. FTSE up 75, a full 1%. Gak around lagging. We're only up 12 points, 0.2%. We're in Asia. We've got the up 262. It's a full percent. Shanghai up 29 uh, cents. Call that flat. Uh, Hang Seng, however, down 247, 1.1%. Uh, Hong Kong's Hang Seng slides as tech stocks slide. Uh, Xpeng. X Do you have any idea what X is, Shares plunge ahead of earnings. Uh, whatever X is. Uh, I suppose I should know that. We'll Google it later. Yeah, I don't, uh, do a lot of, we don't do a lot of trade in Hong Kong. Uh, Dow, uh, as of Friday, Dow, Dow Jones is up eight, so not much. S&P up, was up, uh, 57 cents, so like zero. Ezeq was down 33, so it was supposed to be a, a good end to a, a crummy week, and it didn't turn out that way. Uh, bonds up four basis points, two point eight three. The bond up four basis points, 0.99, inching inching toward that one percent number. Japan unchanged at 0.24. Oil up a dollar to one eleven thirty. Brent up buck nineteen, one thirteen ninety seven. Natural gas down thirteen cents, seven ninety four. So now I'm back under eight bucks. RBOB uh unchanged at three eighty four. Three eighty four To the spread should be like seventy cents from RBOB to the pump and right now it's about a, it's like a dollar forty, so that's that's really high. Uh gold up seventeen dollars eighteen fifty nine, big big bull and gold, silver up forty-five cents, twenty-two twelve, copper up three cents, four thirty-one. I got a nice repair strategy on the GDX. That does that should be a nice that that keeps working. Crypto, Bitcoin up 44330382 Uh What do you have for us, Traffic, Weather Sports?
7: Yeah, good morning. It is currently 6.36 a.m. on Monday, May twenty 2022. Let's get sports real quick. NBA West Finals, Golden State Warriors at Dallas Mavericks. Warriors win 109-100. to Tonight, Miami Heat at Boston Celtics at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. In the NHL, Panthers versus Lightning. Lightning wins 5-1. to Hurricanes versus Rangers. Rangers win 3-1. to Flames versus Oilers. Oilers win 4-1. to and in baseball, Cubs win against Diamondbacks, 5-4. And White Sox versus Yankees, Sox wins 3-1. In weather in Chicago, partly sunny. Uh, humidity at 40 uh, 84 I my bad, 84%, and 47 degrees currently. High of 62 degrees and a low of 47. Uh, in Phoenix, mostly clear skies, 71 degrees, a high of 97, and a low of 71. Traffic in Chicago, traffic eastbound the Eisenhower between Highway 45 and Desplaines Avenue. Traffic eastbound the Kennedy between Cumberland Avenue and Lawrence Avenue. Traffic westbound to Dan Ryan between West Pershing Road all the way to downtown. Traffic northbound, Stevenson, between US 45 North and South Kedzie Avenue. Traffic northbound, Lakeshore, between East 18th Drive and Randolph Street. And finally, traffic southbound, Lakeshore, between Lower Randolph Street and East Babel Street. And Chief, uh, X-Peng is a Chinese electric vehicle manufacturer, apparently. Ah. Yeah. Well, there you go.
5: We have no no way of making electricity, but we don't have electric vehicles.
7: <laughs> That's right, yeah.
5: Somehow, do uh, we have Mr. Flanagan cackling good in the background job. there? Good morning. How are you? You managed to make it through the, you come down to the restaurant show and uh, not get shot like Greg? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I was ensconced around here doing house projects and yard work and trying to keep warm.
5: <laughs> the, uh, I, I was surprised the, uh, <laughs> we're talking about in the way in it, the tick season is, is uh, Oh, yeah. Upon us, it's unbelievable. We had to pull a, pull a big, big tick off the head of the poodle puppy. No, that was not. I mean, that's always an interesting procedure. Um, anyway, so there, there, there. Nature's out there. Uh, they're after us. Is that
3: that the first you know of with the dogs, or
5: is that? Uh, well, it's only before, been or? it's only been warm enough for what three weeks. It was. It was yeah. I mean, it's. I have very but no, there's supposed to be a nasty season with all kinds of diseases and a couple of different types. And long after we're gone, the insects will still be here. I get the feeling.
3: Yeah, they, they're pretty resilient. You know,
5: they, the cockroaches. More, more than we are. Yeah. The, uh, anyway. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for, uh, us to come out and mandatory, mandatory vaccinations made by Pfizer for monkeypox.
3: Oh yeah. It's already, you know, being touted, you know, for, for every, Possible disease you know, from whatever source. We already know the fix for it, um, and I'm, as you know, I'm always skeptical of this kind of rollout because it, it takes advantage of fear long before the science is ever really settled. If it, if it ever is settled. Yeah, if it ever is. Um, but there's there's people poised to make money off of determining whether there is you know, a, a case. As with the testing, and if there is, we've got the solution for it, and you know, it's it's money in the bank to all these operations. And I I'm so over it and and skeptical of it now that I'm um, I i can not really say that I'm, I'm afraid of any of this stuff, I'm more afraid of what, what people will do. In every the every, one in needs, every
5: one of these industries needs every industries needs to be buffed, uh, busted up, and I I don't see how the hell they're ever going to be. I mean, our guys are like a bunch of, I, you know, I, I used to think that. I was never a huge fan of, uh, you no, know, I think he's an honest man. George Bush, too. Uh, the, uh, he probably, out of all the guys, though, He's probably the one guy you could sit down and have a beer with and talk about when he was at the Rangers and stuff, because the guy loves baseball and everything else. But I, the, uh, I used to think of what, what if you put all the guys that were heads of the oil companies, and who was the Trump Secretary of State? One of them, he was there, for, he was at Exxon for a while. What was his name? Uh, Oh uh Tillerman? Uh, yeah the guy that Trump couldn 't wait to get rid of. Um, I kept thinking if you put those guys all in a room with bush he'd he'd be like the the orphan kid i mean uh, i don't you know in terms of knowledge and everything i don't think he'd be in my opinion anyway, you wonder this morning I was hearing about this uh the uh, hepatitis that all of a sudden seems to be running rampant, and now they're convinced that it's one of the thoughts are that it's a COVID mating with a cold causing a problem in the liver. What makes people think it's not the vaccine, Jen? mating with a cold? You know, there's precedent for that,
3: time because I was trying to look, look this up a couple of weeks ago and kind of get derailed into other things. But when the, the U.S. was rolling out malaria vaccinations uh, before World War II and mandating, you know, To get these vaccines, uh, there was an unexpected and probably not particularly surprising outbreak of hepatitis in people who received the vaccine because the vaccine was rushed. Um, this was, you know, it was felt that we are going to have people serving in places where malaria was really a threat, and we had to get people inoculated right away, and we weren't that interested in whether the vaccine was. Mean, you know, explosion of vaccinations for whatever disease, and multiple iterations of it—just keep giving people the shots over and over again. Um, it shouldn't be at all
5: surprising. Well, it, the people it, that are the, having a still, second, the reaction to the second booster, that a second booster—that should be a, a red flag to me.
3: Of course, of course. Um, but you know, you won't ever, <laughs> probably not within in our lifetimes anyway, see anybody take responsibility for this. Well, you hope
5: that, you know, you, you don't want, the last thing you want is anything bad to happen to prove anybody right. I just, I was at, uh, when, uh, Audrey's cousin died so, uh, suddenly, I was at the, you know, the funeral, uh, luncheon, and I was sitting next to this lady who's a doctor, and she was saying that, you know, when you, when you have something new, and you're talking about a disease that's killing people in the nursing homes, you certainly err on the side of if this vaccine's gonna help, you help. You give, you give it out. Life expectancy is, you know, not very long anyway. And if it's going to stop people from getting killed from this, who cares if the vaccine creates a problem 30 years ago when people have three years at the most? I mean, that, that's, you know, the logic there is obvious. But when you don't know if it's even needed in kids under five, and she, she told me, she goes, from what I'm hearing from my, my literature that people are sending me, there's been only thirty kids. Only well, if it's one of them is your kid, well, it's too many. Only thirty kids under five that have, in, in a lot of those with other problems, have died because of COVID. She goes, "You can't, with the thirty being the number, you can't inoculate like millions of kids that have a life expectancy of eighty more years and just hope nothing happens."
3: Right. Absolutely.
5: I mean, you know, she if goes, it's "Just the logic isn't there."
3: As the least r- at risk. You know, segment of the population. Um, and, and it's not just for COVID, for other things too. When you're a kid, you've got, you know, a very highly developed sort of immune system that can fight off a lot of stuff that older, more compromised people cannot. But the, but all that's just been thrown out the window. And, and I, I'm just appalled at the number of parents that I talk to or hear about who are just, you know, itching to get their kids, you know, in line for this vaccine. And, that, you know, five and six year old kids, and I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know how you can justify this given the fact that they're so not at risk. Yeah. And you would think that, that you know, that what, what kind of, whose fear is this? It certainly isn't a fear for your child's health. It must be a fear for your own health or somebody else's health. Well, I
5: think it's the better. fear might be that the kids could be a carrier. It might affect right. you or your grandpa or somebody. And <clears throat> there's, there's something to be said for that. I mean, it's not like it's, but the one thing that the, the, the vaccine has not shown is that people, Still carry it. It hasn't, it hasn't stopped person to person transfer. Of course. No. It, help, it helps you. Anyway. But well, what do you, um, Greg sent us a bunch of stuff on the inflation. We're kind of going over some of it with him. Um it's, uh, it's up there, John. I mean, it's it's really up there. And I, I don't see how, uh, you know, I it's not affecting people. I don't, I don't see anybody getting a raise. I don't know if you heard us earlier about the, uh, amount <clears throat> of, uh, you know, billionaires it's created. But just, just so people underst- understand a little bit of of uh you know sometimes what I'm talking about there is, there is some basis to it um, you know <laughs> a little bit anyway huh, Jen? Uh, back in the day we'll see if matt remembers any of this stuff cuz i don't think matt was alive uh way back in the da day there were all kinds of different uh people that that basically retail gas in, in the chicago area one of the reasons for that was there was a company called uh Clark Oil, which I think is still around you know, in a small small side. But they had a, a refinery at 127th in Kedzie. If you go by there now, there's still something there. I don't know if it's their corporate office or whatever, but the, you can see the end of a of a oil pipeline. There was a pipeline right into there from someplace into this refinery. the refinery got old and finally they have a fire there every couple of months and finally the I think it was in Crestwood, or Alston, whatever it was in uh, Yeah,
3: yeah, I think, well, I think also, but it, uh, could be wrong.
5: So. I thought, well anyway, I might have been on a, anyway, the fire department said, well, we're coming here so often, you idiots better get your own fire department because we're not, or you better fix this, this place. Well, anyway, they shut the thing down, basically on old age, and who knows, they had pollution problems and what else. But that refinery, if when they ran 24-7, they would sell gas to virtually anybody else. So you had, you had Keene, you had, uh, Purple Martin, you had all kinds of people that had gas stations around, right? Because they could buy, and, and, and then the Exxon people, which used to be Standard all at the time, they would sell gas to third party people too, right? If they had an overrun. And, uh, so there was, there was pretty much competition. Well, one of the stations, this is back when the, uh, what do they used to call it? The, was it the Big Eight or Big Seven oil firms? And the one at the end of the bench was, uh, Atlantic Richfield. Well, Atlantic Richfield one day decided they were going to buy, uh, Sinclair, Sinclair was the was had the, the, the little green dinosaur Dino. Yeah, Dino, Dino the dinosaur, Dino the dinosaur, and there probably were I don't know how many stations you think were in the Chicago area, and yeah, not very many.
3: There were quite a few actually. I mean,
5: but I mean in terms of enough. in terms of uh, percentage of stations, you think they were fifteen percent of the Chicago stations, twenty? Yeah, probably not much, no more than that. I bet. So the uh, the the Fed, the government said, whoa, whoa, whoa. For Atlantic Richfield to buy Sinclair, you can't, because there were Atlantic Richfield stations too. You can't, you can't do that. They have to, they have to off their their retail stations to somebody else. So they off the retail stations to BP, which by then had had no footprint in the Chicago area whatsoever. And they had, I don't think they had any refineries in the U.S. Or maybe if they did, they weren't around here. So all of a sudden, about a year later, maybe two years later, it's been a while. BP buys Atlantic Richfield with the Atlantic Richfield station and the Sinclair stations, and then uh, a year later, two years later, they buy Standard Oil of Indiana, which had become Amoco. Amoco, right? So now BP owns. They they gave them a huge amount of grief when they bought when they when uh they when Atlantic Richfield bought Sinclair, two small companies. Atlantic Atlantic Richfield was the was it the was it the Darling Seven or the Darling whatever the big ones were. <laughs> It was Exxon, Chevron, then it was all a bunch of little schmucks. Mexico. Yeah, and they and were all nowhere near as big as Exxon was always. For those, <coughs> when uh, Standard Oil broke apart, the, uh, the uh, St- uh, Standard Oil of New Jersey became Exxon, right? Right. Standard Oil of Indiana, which is another really big one, became uh, Amoco. And what did uh, Standard Oil of Ohio became, what, Sohio or something? So yeah. So they all then they were Standard Oil. California became I don't know who did those guys became. They were they just always Standard Oil California. They they didn't become Union seventy six. There was somebody else anyway. There was another name, but the this all happened when the breakup and then the re, reattachment. So now all of a sudden BP owns between BP and Shell. How many stations they have here in the city? Oh
3: God, them? Shell just took over the Marathon station in my yeah. neighborhood. It was built as a Marathon station when I moved in around here. All of a sudden one day I walked past it I magically as such. Had transformed into a Shell station
5: overnight. Well, the place right where you turn uh, underneath—we where you, where you go Armitage. You go underneath the expressway. You come off Cortland and you got to take a right to get out back on to Armitage. That area to the right, right next to the expressway, used to be a Marathon station where you didn't have to go to the BP if it's six bucks a gallon to get out. Right,
3: I used to
5: buy gas at that Marathon. Yeah, and uh, well, they were originally uh, Purple Martin. We wear, we wear purple tights for you God, or you're,
3: you're bringing me back to my childhood.
5: Oh yeah, well, I mean, I'm saying there, there's been, so for somebody to say, look at what Biden's done or look what Trump did or why look at the prices going up when Trump's reign. Look at, look at how much Biden screwed up. This is going, this has been going on for 40 years. This constant relentless combination, combination, combination. And you know, we, we didn't just, you can, you can, I'm no fan of Biden and in the group he's got out there. But the, the, the pin, the baby formula thing, on him, when when there, he didn't make it down to four places, Jan, if he if he rolled into office, and there were twenty five places. Something you never have to worry about, right?
3: Well, this is you know, as you said many times on the show, that you wouldn't know we had a Sherman Antitrust
5: Act anymore. That's for sure. Anymore, ever since, and I'm going to say that the biggest knave on that was everybody's favorite Dutch. He, he never saw a merger didn't like, right? And I. So what does what an entire antitrust department do for eight years when they don't prosecute anybody?
3: The same thing happened in the telecommunications business too, Tom. Remember the, the whole Mobel breakup in the 80s? Oh, yeah. It's just gotten old. Look at it now.
5: <laughs> we're, we're down to, uh, well, I mean, you've got... We just,
3: if you just look at cellular phone carriers, you know, what,
5: three? Well, the, I mean, we're we having an issue here in the uh, in the office. I mean, we always have an issue. With the phone carrier, we had some, uh, some group. I don't even think they knew we were a customer anymore. We had these guys forever. It was a good system. They got bought by somebody and, uh, they didn't even, they didn't even put our number from the old company into the new system. So we had, they say, you gotta go online. Wait, we can't go online. They don't even recognize us. I mean, it was, uh, Excuse my voice here, but, uh, it'll, it'll clear up, I hope. The, uh, you know, they, so we, we end up with this new AT&T system, right? The, the you know, the be all to end all. Well, it took them five months to get the, the, the station lines to hunt one to the other. Um, once in a while it goes out. Um, but, but I have a, I, right, Stocks and jacks has a copper line, an ISDN line. It powers the stocks and jacks, so it's totally separate from anything in the brokerage firm. Because you don't want anybody hacking anywhere. So it's a totally separate line. It's copper. Not not the whatever the new stuff, the uh um Fiber opting. Fiber optic. And so once in a great while if the if the stuff in the office goes out and you call AT and T and you get somebody in like India or someplace, um, we can take the the, the, the copper line and plug it into the the thing and, and fire up PTI on a backup system. Well AT&T is having an absolute cow that I still have this copper line. What are you doing with a copper line? We don't, we're phasing that out. So we're just going to raise your bill every month until you get like, tired of it and go with the fiber optic. I said it's the only thing in the office that I can absolutely count on. <laughs> Every single day, every single minute, it never goes out. That's why people want the copper. Yeah, we don't like copper. Well, why don't you sell it to somebody else instead of going to the state, put your nose up their ass, and have the state allow you to raise these prices until people finally bail and get you, get your way. I mean, what, why, why, if, if they don't want to be in the business anymore, give it to somebody else, Jan. No. Nope. So finally, they, they, they talk me into it. I'm gonna have, they claim it's a totally separate fiber optic, I can use it for backup. How much you want to bet within a year that screws up at oh, least one time? I
3: can guarantee it will, Tom. Yeah. If, if not, if, if it's not just you know their ineptitude, it will be sabotage. I've seen how AT and T works over the years.
5: They there was uh, something <laughs> they a something called sabotage themselves. I think just to, to make you buy something else. Well, there's something called a DSL line, uh, which is a, a digital line, and there was a machine which we still have over in the studio, of stacks and jacks. It's a Telos box. And the Telos box takes analog, which comes off the microphones like I'm talking now, converts it to digital, and a DSL line was a digital line. And you would pay more for this because it was two different, I guess it was two lines combined. I, I don't know. But all of a sudden AT&T decides they don't want to do this anymore. Now, this is this is the absolute industry staple for radio and, everybody, and anybody's like that. And It was so clear, if, as soon as you clicked into the studio like at the score or any place we went, um everybody had a, everybody had a back, So they just give you the number, you just, you dial a number in, all of a sudden, you're in the studio. Without, any, I mean, it's absolutely the same as if you're sitting there. Well, they decide, well, they don't want to do that anymore. Well, so the, instead of just getting rid of it, they go down to the state. Guess how much they were charging us to go to the alley, Jen? Because we were using Sprint to actually go to Phoenix, the other place we used to go. The Sprint bill was $200 a month. To actually go places. And, uh, they wanted, it was $650 to go from here to the alley. And, and that was their, their way of forcing you out of it. So then I actually called the the, the people who do that, the, the Illinois' answer to the FCC. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a state law that we have that in a bill that they get to raise that in their pricing. The state sets the rates and those guys get on there and say, we want to get rid of these guys. Instead of selling it to somebody else, a third party, they, they oh no, we're just, gonna, we don't want to do it anymore. That we're going to force them to over to something else. Well, now we can go somewhere and we have another box, and we can go over the internet, but it's not as good. And it's not as reliable. Nothing's as good as the, the copper DSL. So, I mean, this this stuff is. And I, you know, one of my my uh, my girlfriend's best buddies is about is is right wing to the point where when you turn the TV on, it's always Fox or something. So I turn on the TV to watch the game. And of course, it's Fox. I listen to this moron for like two minutes he's talking about the Biden administration and how you're not going to have any electricity and you're going to be sweltering in the summer and he's showing people how to put, take a wet rag and put it on the back of your neck. and you can. <laughs> sur- I'm like, what is this moron talking about? It's going to be Mad, Mad it, Max 2. Are, 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 we, are, we are we here trying to, to scare the crap out of people? What are we doing? Now, of course, if the Republicans were in charge, none of this would happen, right? And yet I could sit there and go back Republican, Democrat, Republican, Democrat. I don't see anybody ever raising the capital gains deduction. I don't see anybody stopping any any combination anywhere. Do you? I mean, I mean, tell me the difference. Other than, identity is bipartisan. Yeah, I mean, tell me. Other than you know, you don't like uh, Cortez or you don't like Trump, their personalities. Other than being on one side or the other, and everything that makes a difference to you. Tell me, there's a difference. In terms of anything that's affecting your if you go back to to Reagan he raised he lowered taxes he lowered taxes on the top end by the way, which he should have and they 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 were horrified of how much money was costing the federal government and they raised taxes by raising uh stuff on the downside for your like your all your uh employee of the social security tax and all the other stuff so they they lowered tax at on one end and raised taxes on the other end and you know so I've been getting these guys are getting horrified about how Biden said that inflation was being caused by uh, not enough taxes on corporations. And, of course, every right-winger is is willing to debate this. Now, Biden, of course, didn't explain it anywhere near properly, because I don't think he really understands, or maybe he does, but he can't. Elu- um, there's no doubt, John, that if, if corporations paid more taxes, the gap between money coming into the government and money going out would be a little bit less. And if it was a little bit less, you would have to print a little bit less money. So to that extent, if you extend it all the way through and you use your head, Biden's not all that wrong. Okay, but the way he said it, you know, is it... But, you know, the, does anybody really think... Why, why are regular people so so up, up their heads, so far up the ass of these corporations, why does a regular person sitting here with a beer next to you giving you some long dissertation about how raising corporate taxes hurts him. Where where does he hear that? On Fox or something?
3: I don't know. But there's so much blather about all this stuff, Tom. I mean, if people knew how many corporations and which corporations pay no taxes or how many individuals pay no taxes, um, and you could unravel how that came to be and who's protecting that, I think people would be a lot more shocked than anything that's being bandied around now about why prices are what they are. But I I think that the system has been so tilted and skewed for so long and for so many different interest groups, and they're all kind of working against each other. But but the the taxation system in this country is completely busted. So where do you begin to to make it in any way fair for corporations or for
5: individuals? I can do it one one stroke of a pen. Every pays the same rates, and a, a corporation gets to deduct dividends.
3: Well, you know, how about a single tax? I mean,
5: we, a lot of us well, so got used to doing well, it the wrong talk, way let's, let's, doing it the right way. Let's talk about, impossible. you know, we come back, uh, since the market looks like it's nicely up today, we don't have to talk about crashes. We come back from break. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. You, you drove me to the USDebtClock.org, so I'm going to have to burden you with what it says. <laughs> we'll be right back, Stocks and Jacks.
8: 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. You can't handle the
2: truth. Stocks, jocks, jar. stocks and jocks.
5: You
8: are out of control right here. Right now.
6: Right here. Right now, right now.
2: Something
5: well welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Matt Byrne on the board. SP Features up 41. SV Features up 95. We saw them up a little higher, but this is pretty much near the top, so kind of where we are. Hopefully we can have a more stabilizing week here. Actually, uh, as we were down so much last week, I rolled a lot of my people's uh, puts down, and we got the calls kind of out of the way. And uh, we would love it to here. So uh, what, was it gonna, just because I want it to go up, is there any chance it might go up? Matt, what do you think? Just uh, saying. Uh, I not know. I, yes. guess it's, I suppose it's possible. Maybe the big guy upstairs wants to penalize somebody else for a change, you know.
7: <laughs> yeah, maybe he's looking out for you, maybe he's not.
5: <laughs> you, you never know, alright, John. So, it is interesting what you mention here, how this stuff, uh, let's, let's say, well, here we are, here we are today, which would be, we're 2022, right? Last time I checked. And we have a total U.S. tax, and I'm going to use my, still able to add, subtract, and divide a little bit, unlike some. Uh, total federal tax revenue, $4.2 trillion, uh, which out of corporate tax revenue is 379 So what are we saying? 9%? 8 Somewhere in there? Not a whole hell of a lot, right? So the number is $379 billion. Now if we drop back to, let's go back to 2008, 2008 say, total federal tax revenue is $2.5 trillion. Corporate was three twenty seven. So we're talking fourteen percent. Almost I won't say double percentage, but close, right? Yep. Yeah. And now we're down and now if we go to two thousand and twelve, that number's two point three. We're back down to ten. Right now I don't know what it almost exactly ten. What administration two thousand and twelve, I can't remember. Uh two thousand and sixteen we're 3.2 and 2, and 315, so we're almost exactly 10 again. And now we're down to, with the, you know, the Trump, uh, tax debate, ta- tax increase, we're down to, uh, like, like I said, 8 or 8.5. Now, does anybody really think that our corporate tax, total corporate tax should be less than 10% of the tax, that they make less than 10% of all of the income in the country? Of course not. I mean, it's not even on the same planet. What is it, 21% when you and I could pay 35 or 37? Yeah. I mean, to,
3: to go going to a Walgreens here. I'm paying 11.25 just to state and the
5: city. Well, yeah. And, and, and people, and when, what you just said is, is actually, unfortunately, John, uh, is kind of one of my, kind of one of my pet peeves, the idea that people want, and, and I'm not accusing you of this, although maybe, uh, of being a, a sort of, a, whenever somebody says that, they're kind of a, uh, I won't say a one percenter, but a thirty percenter, because if you look at the the, there's there's four legs to the tax stool, and whenever you, well you know whenever somebody blurts out that well look at all the people that aren't paying, if you ever watch CNBC, all the bumps on there will say this once a week, it'll be a big thing that, look at all the people that aren't paying taxes, which means, aren't paying federal income taxes, okay, but if you look at the four legs of the stool. Income tax revenue is two point four trillion. Payroll tax revenue is one point four. So everybody's paying a payroll tax revenue, correct? If you have a job, yeah. Yeah, if you have a job. And a matter of fact, if you're a ten ninety nine person, which I am for a couple places, no matter what it is, you're paying fifteen percent out of the gate. Right. So to say you're not paying taxes is is a is a flat ass lie. Okay. You are. Plus total state revenue is two point two trillion, so it's almost as much as federal income tax, and total locals one point five. So there's four stools to this, three of which are incredibly regressive, correct? And one is somewhat progressive. So the people that are caught in the in the somewhat progressive one do nothing but rag on the people that don't pay any income taxes. But if if you had so say the building I live in, um the people that come and shovel the snow, and I mean, they're always different, so it doesn't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not breaking any laws here. But if I gave somebody twenty bucks a week, just in, in case there's there's snow on the sidewalk, well, that what does that come out to? Twenty times that's a thousand bucks, right? But if it was a, a corporation building, or if I was going to write off the building, which I'm not, uh, I would have to give that. If I want to deduct the G, I'm going to have to give this person. Ten ninety nine. If I do, you know, say it's some guy I, I, I drag out of the out of the tent down under Harrison Street. The dude owes one hundred and fifty bucks out of the gate. Even though he made a thousand dollars, so for somebody to come on TV and tell me these people aren't paying taxes, he's out of his friggin' mind. Plus, he probably owes the state, and if he, and if he buys any McDonald's hamburger, if he ever gets the money to do it, he's paying on that. So the idea that these people don't pay any taxes is is so. Misleading. I don't know what else you can say that's even more misleading. Right.
3: I mean, I, sh- you know, I should say that they're paying in some cases no taxes in segment A, B, C, or D, or less right. than you or I would. It isn't that they're paying no taxes, but but you know, there's so many ways of 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 fudging numbers now, so that you look at the, the Biden's income state. I mean, that's, yeah. that. Their S corporation returns, where they don't disclose any of the sources for any of this income, it, it, it smack, it's, it's practically criminal on its face, and that you know passes muster at the IRS. Um, so maybe yes, they're paying taxes, but but the income that's declared, there's no way of really tracking it. So you know, who knows if that's really an accurate statement? Well, there's no so way for what you else is being thrown into that pot that we don't know about and who knows what kind of conflicts of interest it raises. So there's all sorts of crookedness beyond just, you know, whether you pay the right tax rate for the amount of income you declare. That the whole system is, is, kind of
5: stinks to me. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, you know, and this is not Jan Flanagan, one of the smartest men I've met, love having you on the show, learn a lot from you. I'm going to ask you a very simple question. Why don't you have an s
3: Because I've discovered... For one thing, have the time or the energy to explore it, and I've got other things to do with my time. I guess.
5: <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm I'm being stone cold serious here. I, I um, why don't you have? I mean, for those that don't know, Jansen, attorney, uh, teacher, ret- attorney, somewhat retired, uh, but you would still do some attorney work, I guess, uh, if somebody wanted you to, right? I get good questions, and advice and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so explain to me. I'm going to say, John, since he's the same age as me, he's over sixty-five. Okay, so I'm guessing that you pay uh some supplemental insurance for your Medicare.
3: Yeah, it comes out of my, I guess, my Social Security. No, but I'm saying, my, you know, so my Part B premium comes out of that.
5: All right, but if you have something in addition to that, you're writing a check.
3: Yeah, okay, it comes out of my my state of pension, my my group plan for retirees.
5: But yeah, but I'm saying you're writing that check. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so that's non-deductible to you. Right. All right, so if, if there was a John in S Corp, okay, and, and you were to take any of your lawyer business and the check goes there, you can now write that insurance check and it's deductible. Why don't you do that? I just never saw any percentage in it, really, Tom. Well, but I'm saying, I, I, don't, I don't know, any, I don't, know, don't want to ask none of my business, but I'm saying it's some very small level If you're going to get five grand from someplace, you know, whatever, doing a closing or something for some big building, which you probably do, that five grand, you can now, you can now write all your insurance, all your medication, all you want off and it's now tax deductible, but on your, yours it isn't. So, but the thing is, if I look at your return and I see XYZ S Corp, just like the Biden's, unless I get that return, I don't, I can't tell how much you, got in lawyer stuff, or whatever it is, because it would be defined, or, right? Or in drug money or anything. Whatever, whatever. But unless I get <laughs> that return, but, but the simple fact is, everybody in this country who is a is a 1099 person, if you're an electrician, where nobody wants you on the payroll anymore, or if you're, you're doing coding for somebody, or if you're a, a consultant for uh, any kind of an IT thing, for you to not have an S or a C, I'm not trying to be your attorney, you, you, you're, you're a borderline moron, because... All this stuff now becomes deductible to you and and yet you know i i don't i don't i don 't I don't need to do that uh, Jan because well i don 't first of all my consulting stuff isn 't that big well first of all, I probably should do it okay but i but i have not i 'm giving i 'm lecturing you as i 'm lecturing myself but the, the tax code All that stuff becomes deductible all of a sudden. So when you say the Bidens, why why would they if if they're actually doing something legitimate or not? And I'm kind of with you on whether it's legitimate or not. Why wouldn't you have some, you know, uh, either a uh, a subchapter S or some kind of a partnership or whatever it is piling in there? And and why why you know and and if you get a big check from uh, you know whatever from naming the the sleaziest real estate place in the city. I don't need to know that. What do, I'd look at John. If you're running for office, and I see John Flanagan's return, and there's a big, uh, and, and there's a subchapter S-Corp, the flanny Inc. I mean, I don't, I don't get to see that, but that's where the money coming from, what's the name, Camden Yards or something Yards, or whatever the place is by me, uh, or all those kinds of sleazy places. But that that comes in through there. But, I mean, you're asking, we would be like asking Trump, not only in his personal return, which he won't give, what if he had opened a books at every single corporation that's in there? He'd really not want to do that, right? But I mean, nobody would.
3: Well, for any politician, first of all, I don't have enough money to make any of this. I don't have extra income where a corporation would really be useful or, that you know, a savings for me. If I did, you know, I, I certainly would go down that road. But it, it, it's, it just strikes me as unbelievably naive to think that Biden's income, however you can trace it, doesn't in some way influence Biden's behavior. Oh sure, and and you can find. I mean, the, the fact that Jen Psaki is walking around with twenty seven million bucks on her, you know, press secretary salary makes me think that there's a, <laughs> a similar kind of charade going on. These people didn't get this money on their based on their skill set or any performance that I've seen them, you know, capable of. So all of this stuff smacks of of you know shell stuff. Not what it appears to be. It's like racketeering at some level. I can't really point to any particular criminal action here, but it raises so many questions about why we let people in high office get away with this stuff and mask the source of their money. If they if they have a way of whatever income they have and they can you know save themselves on some taxes, well, you know, and it's not you know illegal and it's permitted by the code, I would say go go for it and pay your accountant and your lawyer a good fee to back you up on this. But to not know where it's coming from and, and how this may be influencing or preventing them from doing stuff that uh, a sane person would do uh, makes me... Yeah, but you know,
5: Jan, what... Prefer, it frustrates me quite a bit. I'm, at, I'm, I'm, only, I'm being argumentative here because what I'm, what I'm saying, it's not like you're disagreeing with me, but it bugs the crap out of me. What, I mean, I guess I'm going to say, why do you say that? The biggest, the biggest in my mind, potential crook in the country, I'm not saying crook because they steal stuff, uh, is Janet Yellen. She was oh, in a yeah. jo- she was in a job that essentially she regulated all kinds of people. That's what that's what you do as a Fed chairman. You regulate the major banks, uh, them and the control of currency and whatever. Uh, so she leaves that job and goes gets paid way over the going rate to be a speaker to the same people she's supposed to have regulated to the tune of like six and a half or seven million dollars in like three years. And then all of a sudden gets this other job, which she is still, she's not exactly a regulator of anybody, but she's clearly in the regulatory process, the influence process. I mean, really? I mean, how much money did uh, Citadel give her? I mean, and and, and she's supposed, I mean, tell me, tell me she's arm's length when it comes to those people. She's not, she's not being Biden. You know exactly who she got it from and nobody cares. Well, yeah,
3: and uh, you know, there's there's precedent for this, and you, you, we can go back and look at you know, Geithner and other people who have sat in this position, um, and I think we we it's a kind of an appalling setup where these, these people have not only straddled the fence, but they've been paid by both sides, really, of the regulatory and the profit making end of it, so that, that they they really have just got the whole system by the by the stranglehold. And well, maybe they they're in the stranglehold of both operations, but it isn't like there's any real regulation going on anymore. And I don't at, at I, a certain level. I don't think there's any regulations.
5: I can't, but it's, it's not a question. Well, obviously, in this day and age, sorry, Matt, the young people they've got this this blase attitude that illegal equals immoral. Not all young people, but but that. And you and I, how, how do you? I mean, our parents obviously were uh, uh, somewhat religious. Little nine were. Um, and he went to Catholic school, and the nuns. There was no, no like, if somebody left a dollar on their desk and you took it, it was stealing. It wasn't like they forgot to take it; and it was yours. I mean, it was you knew whose it was, and you knew, as it, and, you, and you knew as it was not yours, right? right. Uh, I mean, so how does I'm, a, I'm I'm curious as how somebody gets to that age? Is it is it boarding school? Is it the parents are 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 political hacks? How do how do you how do you get to Janet Yellen's age and not sit there and go, God, this really looks shitty. I mean, (laughs) me doing this. I I, I, I
3: suspect, and I'd I'd have to go into her background a little more, but I don't think she ever had any qualms about any of this stuff. Well, probably her parents or grandparents. But how do
5: you how do you get through? How do you get to age twelve with that attitude? Let alone age seven. Got to go to the right schools. Tom, we we went to the wrong schools. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt, without a doubt.
3: (laughs) I mean. The way I was trained, you know, in ethics or morality or whatever, had nothing to do with the law. The fact that something was legal didn't mean that it was the right thing to do or moral. or wasn't enough to get you damned to hell for yeah. eternity. <laughs> so that, that was kind of the the, the, the strictures I worked under, and that that's kind of the way we were inculcated. My parents the same way. Uh, there was there was it was pretty clear cut. You know, you, 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 just because you can get away with something doesn't mean that you are now paying a bigger price down the road in your ethics and everything else. It's like what I used to tell you know, students about plagiarism. Don't do it, not because there's a law against it, because if you do it, you'll, you'll get emboldened to keep doing it, and the next thing you're going to be making up stuff to save your marriage or your job or something else, and nobody's going to be there to save you. A teacher can save you and just make you do the assignment over again, but it has nothing to do with being legal. Because um, there's no law against plagiarism, right? yeah. But but this is so out of the field when you, when it comes to the, the discussion of you know the decision making powers that people are rewarded for having today, especially in, in public office. I mean, it's just, it, this, this, we wouldn't work. We would not survive in such a climate. Or people with our training, we would not survive.
5: Well, you, you uh, we had for those of you, Jen and I are reminiscing here a little bit, but I mean it's. It was in terms of the real world. It probably was a a really bad upbringing. I mean, in the neighborhood we grew up in was this kind of little Irish Catholic ghetto. Not that everybody was Irish, but you never locked your you never locked your door. Everybody everybody was always out on the porch, backyards playing. I mean, you you never locked your car. What was the point? And uh, and then we went to Notre Dame. You never locked your room. You could have put twenty bucks on your desk the day you walked in as a freshman year, and the day you left as a senior was still there. I mean uh the only time you locked Matt literally the only time you locked your door is during a football game because everybody went to the football game and the only the only burglaries ever were was, was somebody crept onto campus knowing nobody was around mm. right right and uh and so the, then you get in the real world and half the people are out and out crooks you know they'll they'll steal your eye, your eyes if you're not watching them i mean and and uh, i'm just even to this day Jan I don't Look at somebody and immediately assume he's a crook until further known. I figure he's okay till further known. And you know what? It's it's really cost me in business. It really has. I believe in people and find out that they never were believable. I mean, it it has cost me. I mean, I, our our upbringing um, was not. I could never I could never have been a Trump, right? Or if if it's legal, okay. If it's not okay, or this guy, I don't feel like paying him. I just won't pay him. That time, let him sue me. I, I could never do that to anybody. So. But I mean, in, in some ways, when you get in the when you get in that end of the pool, unfortunately, you get you get this idea that I need to play like that because that's the rules in this end of the pool. And all of a sudden, you are a changed man. And it's like a, like an alderman, or you get in there and what, what you know this better. I mean, over half of the things passed by city council are zoning variations for another alderman, where you know he's getting paid one way or the other for the variation. So at some point, you vote yes on a hundred of these things, and you finally say, well. Where's mine? Even if you're honest, you say, "Well, it's not. This isn't so bad. Somebody's building actually would look better with five stories instead of four. How about him? Me moving him off to this law firm, and I get a contribution, and everybody votes for me, and I vote. Why should I be voting for forty-nine other guys doing this stuff, and I'm not? I mean, you start. I think. I think it gets there a little bit at a time, John. Somehow.
3: Well, you certainly learned how the wind blows. You know, if you become an alderman, that didn't know these things already about where your vote's going to be needed and, you know, when you will get a chance to put something forward that that you can actually get other people behind you on and you're going to benefit from it somehow. I think if if you haven't figured that out by the time you become an alderman and you don't discover it within your first term, you're gone. So I I just I don't think there's any room for people who are that naive or blind to what's happening. And the ones who are sickened by it or just can't get behind that kind of stuff probably never go into the job to begin with right? Which, which right which is so? I
5: would bet. here's the question and we'll ask the young guy too which is worse if somebody there so dumb they don't know what's going on or or, or, or crooked they're, they're being a part of it <laughs> <laughs>
3: hmm.
5: i would say it depends who you're
3: working for <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah i mean that's a that's a tough call i mean I, it's china <laughs> yeah, let's go back to uh if you're listening earlier with greg all the, what would you, given the fact that we do have all these, I'll say, uh, cartels, whatever you want to call them, oligopolies hanging around, even a few monopolies, although not as many actual monopolies, although Pfizer's trying to be one, uh, I mean, it, when all of a sudden something happens where the prices do shoot up, or all of a sudden we gotta spend, uh, you know, whatever, there's, God hope not, but there's, there's like a war, and all of a sudden we only have one people left that make tanks one one person left that makes tanks, one who makes f fifteens and all of a sudden we pour you know a trillion dollars into war production and all of a sudden we got billionaires all over the place there i mean what 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 do you do when all of a sudden I mean that i mean you know biden's instincts i don't know I mean that the idea is somehow or another if the oil companies make like ten times more than they made and this is when I keep talking about stuff like elasticity, inelasticity, some, some, if oil could go up, if there's a, a 1% shortage, the price probably goes up 10-15%, that's what's meant by inelasticity, right, in a short term. Now, if it stays up, in, a, in normal times, without all the regulations and stuff that people are worried about, that over, over a longer period of time, all of a sudden, there's going to be enough investment, it's probably more than the 1% you're short, so say 2% more comes online and it goes back down the other way and people go, ah, we, and they start pulling investment out of you. You get this boom and bust cycle when that inelasticity is like that with the short to the long because nobody knows what everybody else is drilling for, right? All you know is, holy bleep, you know, well, gas prices are five bucks and all of a sudden as well I've been thinking about drilling. If I drill it, I could pull stuff out of there the equivalent of three bucks that will make two bucks a gallon. That's all you know. You really don't know all the other Flanagans or Burns or Webers, whoever they are around the country doing the same thing. So all of a sudden, a year from now, instead of the 100 million gallons of gas a day we're short, we're nailing 300 million on the market every day and all of a sudden we're overflowing the market instead of going from, you know, $3 to 5 5 hours, now we're back down to 2 because now we got too much. So th- that, is al- that has always happened in industries like that, John, right? Same thing sometimes with corn. We're back, you know, before you had all this foreign stuff going on. If all of a sudden you had a, a bad crop year and the prices went up, everybody every plant so much the next year that they'd come crashing down, right? Because you don't really know what everybody else is doing, and that's what happens when the the elasticity is is like that. And you can name probably five or six if I thought about it, uh, different products that are like that. But now when you when you add the regulation part in there, but now the question comes down: All right, you have a year like this. Every farmer when he when he thinks he's making, you know, puts a bushel of corn in there for two fifty it costs him and he's planning on getting four out of it and all of a sudden he's getting ten. Well, is that okay? I mean, uh I I don't I guess it's okay, Jen. I mean, uh now do you have to run around I would think that if he's paying if he's paying his regular thirty or thirty five percent whatever the income tax is, I I'm okay with that. I don't really have much of a problem. I guess I do have a problem if some of how somehow he's not paying anything. Cause I'm saying, it 30, be 30, or 35% plus the state plus, you know, I'm sure some local guys firing away to tax them too. I think that's enough. Oh, you? You, you, oh, get, yeah. the, you get the it's, win once in a while. But, now, but
3: this is, this is what the market is. This is how yeah. the market works, you know. And But you know, you've got a market now that, things like inelasticity and, and commodities, or whatever, when you got a fed that's just printing money willy-nilly and driving it every, everything up, it isn't it isn't like inelasticity means the same thing as it does when the Fed isn't doing this
5: all right, but then but now I'm going to say that if your tax rates are right, somebody's a winner, just let them be a winner it's not going to last forever but and as long as you're getting you know a, a, the piece you th- but now what do you what do you do if, if uh you're in an industry where people seem to never pay where pfizer's overseas or you know, you never, you never see them. I don't know how much, I don't know how much they pay here. I mean, I'm not an expert on Pfizer taxes, but the reason why these people set up overseas is the some. Now, what if Pfizer's paying five percent? Well, now I got a problem with it. Yeah, well, it's it's should, it's you like know.
3: you know, J.B. Prisker is removing the toilets. The, the people, the one percenters are the ones most hostile to paying any tax. Any tax, they think they're entitled to all of it. Their power justifies that kind of, you know, selfishness. So it, it isn't like
5: well they're paying their fair share. If they, in their world, their fair share is zero. Well, your buddy Ackman, I uh, know you guys have beers with all the time. I'm sure the guy he he was he's the Mister uh, Short Seller and all the other stuff. He was on there saying, Oh no, it's my obligation. If I can pay no tax, I can spend money. I can help society better if I spend it than if than if the government spends it. Well, that's well that mentality, yeah, yeah, you know, that's interesting, but it's not your call.
3: Oh, of course, that, but you know, if you listen to Gates and Porta yeah. and Pfizer and other hot shows at that level, this is this is you know the, the the world economic forum's mantra in a way. We know better. We certainly know better than the hoy polloi or or the rabble whose lives we
5: fiddle with. Right. So, hey, yeah. last question: How pissed are you? Didn't get invited? I <laughs> will live, Tom. <laughs> You know what, I, I would I would love to, I don't want to go to any stump meeting, actually we might go to one and just be able to talk to some, I would love to just sit at the bar and talk to these people, I can only imagine the, the crew of losers that comes by. Oh, they, they
3: probably wouldn't let you near any of them, Tom, they can probably all have bodyguards up the wazoo.
5: Well, I've never been to a bar, as long as you pay they kick you out, <laughs> unless that one's so highbrow, <laughs> look, maybe if, if you leave a nice tip, they're always happy to see it. <laughs> just <laughs> John, thank you very much, buddy. SP is up 38. if is up 78. Come back. We'll have Ms. Nancy Long-Graham we'll talk about mortgages. I am sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term.
8: Stocks,
2: jocks,
5: and Jock.
8: stocks and jocks You are
2: out
6: of control Right here, now,
5: right here, right now Hello and welcome, back to Stocks and Jocks, I'm Tom Howe Ed Byrne on the board, SP futures not only up 32, we were up 43 we came in NASDAQ was up well over 100, now only up 58 NASDAQ's been the one that's been sinking Every day, even if it tries to start out hot, but let's, let's kind of hope we make it here today. Uh, seven weeks is kind of long enough. Down on the Dow. Dow's still up 347. Virtually everything in the Dow. I've got Dow, D-O-W, in the Dow down 41 cents. Nike down a buck 99, but every other, every other one's in the red, or in the green, sorry. American Express up 276. 3M up 161. Got Microsoft up 229. It was up more than that. Traveler's up 155. The big mover is, uh, Net healthcare up 471, that's almost a full 1%. Um, over in Europe, we've got DAX up 132.95%, it was a little more net earlier. FTSE up 88, 1.2%. Cacaron's only up 13.2%. Cacaron's a laggard there. Asia, kind of a mixed bag. we got the uh, Nikkei up 262, 1%. Hang Seng, uh, well, Shanghai up 29 cents, let's call that one dead flat. Hang Seng the other way. Down 1.2%, 247 is XPeng. Uh, what do they do again? Uh, Matt? Yeah, the, uh. They,
7: uh, produce electrical vehicles. Alright, they,
5: they're down a bunch. So, they plunge ahead of earnings, would not know. earnings be ahead of it, which is kind of odd. Friday, Dow was up 8, uh, call that flat. Uh, S&P up 57 cents, call that flat. Nasdaq down 33.3%. This was a big rally into the close. We were down huge at 1 o'clock and then rallied, Really ra- rallied tremendously into are close to be almost flat. Uh, bonds. Up 5 basis points at 2.84. Bund up 4 basis points, .98. Almost back to 1. Japan unchanged at .24. Oil. Up a dollar to 111.28. Ran up one oh six, one thirteen sixty one. Natural gas down 9 cents, 7.98. Uh, just under that 8 dollar number. Arbob down 2 cents, 3.81. Arbob's actually down. 20, 25, 30 cents with the price of the pump here still going up. So the spread between our Bob and here has got to be a dollar 40 to a two bucks, which is real high. It's normally 60 to 80 cents. So maybe that will come down. Uh, gold up 1850, 1860. Uh, silver up 45 cents, 2212. Copper up 5 cents, 432. And last but not least, uh, Bitcoin up 432 to 30,371. Just up over 30,000. Hey, what he asked for is traffic, weather, sports. Nice looking day.
7: Yeah, it's beautiful out there. Currently, seven thirty-five a.m. on Monday, May twenty-third, twenty twenty-two. Let's into sports real quick. NBA West Finals: Golden State Warriors at Dallas Mavericks. Warriors win one hundred nine to one hundred tonight. Miami Heat at Boston Celtics, seven thirty p.m. Central Time. And baseball: Cubs win against Diamondbacks, five to four. And White Sox versus Yankees: Sox win. 3, two, 1. For weather in Chicago, currently 56 degrees, a high of 62, and a low of 47. Uh, in Phoenix, mostly clear, 71 degrees, a high of 97, and a low of 71. Traffic in Chicago, traffic w- eastbound the Eisenhower between Wolf Road and First Avenue. Traffic westbound the Eisenhower between Costner Avenue all the way to downtown traffic eastbound the Kennedy between ramp from uh, I-290 north to downtown traffic westbound the Kennedy between north Orleans Street to north uh, Sacramento uh, gets heavier around Pulaski Avenue uh, that, that continues to Harlem Avenue traffic westbound the Dan Ryan between 51st Street and downtown traffic northbound Stevenson between route 171 to South Kedzie uh, and for a change, traffic westbound to Edens between North Elston Avenue and Cicero, and traffic eastbound to Edens from Tui to Foster, and finally traffic northbound the Lake Lakeshore between the uh, entrance of the Steven- Stevenson to er Randolph Street. That's all we got, Chief. Back to you.
5: Uh, hey, do me a favor. What, what did the... I can... we have Nancy? Yes, we do. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Had to deal with your friend What's all weekend. Can- What's
6: happening to this? Go ahead. Stock market.
5: Uh, what do you mean? It's rallying a little bit today. A little bit of a dead cat bounce, as they say.
6: And what's your prediction?
5: I uh, I think. Are we headed
6: for a bear market? I, are we in the bear market? I think
5: we. Well, theoretically, we're like uh, uh, a nickel away from it. <laughs> we were there fr- Friday at noon, and then we rallied out of it. But I think we have some serious problems with uh, in terms of valuation. We still do things that I'm. I concern me. Uh, Nance, as you look at the, where do I have it up here? Let me, let me get the, let me get the chart to make sure I'm, I'm accurate, or at least somewhat accurate. Uh, I've got Netflix, as far back as my chart goes here, which wasn't too far, 614 on 1231, 2021. And now it's, uh, 183. So, down like a real lot of dough. And yet, Nance, you look at it and not one of us would say, wow, you know, you might, you might, think it's a buy here down this low and uh and might think well you know if, if everything goes right i can be it could be two hundred, two fifty. i don't see anybody saying man this stock really really ought to be 600 bucks it was just too high and uh i you know i, I we see that all across the board the pelotons the palantir all the ones showtime i mean or sh- show snow and all, all those things that were all the they were covid stocks they were also the the ones that were I don't, I don't think that you're, that you're, I'm gonna say, use the term regular stocks, I don't think you're gonna see a, uh, you know, a 50% correction in Disney or, or, uh, you know, Boeing or anything like that, although Boeing is down 121, it's pretty low for Boeing. But I think we could have a, we could certainly have a ways to go. I mean, I don't think anybody, uh, really has a feel for what interest rates across the board in, in my lifetime, which would be considered normal would due to these prices. I mean, None of these companies are going to give you any dividend. I mean, I want to say none. And look at the, the Palantir. The, the people up top took $2.1 $2. billion. They don't make, never make a dime, never going to pay a dividend. At some point, people are going to wake up and say, I'm not investing in places like that. So, uh-huh. I'm going to say it, it's uneven. There's still stocks. I mean, there had a guy in the last week. He was, uh, reasonably bearish. He goes, some of these stocks last year during COVID or a year and a half ago, because they're down 80% and their PE ratio is worse than it was then. Because they, they should go lower. I mean, I I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, because everybody's got, looks at different stuff than the stocks I do. But, uh, the guy from, uh, Cantor Fitzgerald was on it Friday and he, he was pretty bearish a while ago. This was something interesting, Nancy. He said, you know, I, uh, the first 10 or 15% down in any market is always really hard. Because people have all kinds of, mm-hmm. buy- they have, pe- have all kinds of buying power, they have all kinds of money. They, you know, they, they aren't out on the, on the, on the mortgage, or the, uh, more, the leverage plank. They can always dig out more money. But after the first 15%, a lot of people now don't really have any borrowing power left in their account. They really don't want to put any more money in. Because the second 15%, once you start to go down, is really easy. Because you're running the margin problems where people are forced to sell. And I, I keep looking at this, uh, Bitcoin. I know you've had some stories about that, but, uh, now, what, what do they call, uh, Warren Buffett and his buddy, uh, tells his buddy's name, uh, the guy who's second in command was older than he is. Charlie, Charlie Mungle? Is it Mungle? Whatever, anyway. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, they said that Bitcoin was worth nothing and what do the guys call him? The, 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 the senile octogenarian or something like that? Uh, well now Christine, mm-hmm. Christine Lagarde comes out and says crypto's worth nothing. What are they gonna call her? The o- over ten something, something like <laughs> that? <laughs> There'll be some nasty name for her. But, hey, I, I don't I know what I wanted to ask you. I mean, uh, you've been in the business. Nancy's in the mortgage business and very, very good at it, by the way. Uh, back when I was a, a Ute, you had, you had a savings and loan situation. They did mostly all the mortgages, right, Nancy? I mean, not, not all, not all right. but pretty close. And that's, that's what they did. I mean, they, that's what their charter was. You, you could not get right. a checking account at a savings and loan. It was only time deposits. Um, they were definitely separate than a bank. A bank could do mortgages, but a savings loan couldn't be a bank, correct? And uh, so you couldn't, have a demand, right. you couldn't have demand deposits. And I think, wasn't it 85% of the loans had to be real estate, or was it 80? It was somewhere in that range. The other 10 or 15, I guess, could be, I don't know what else they could be, Nance. I don't remember. Well, I
6: don't remember either. But, I mean, the savings and loans were there to... Um, Absolutely, remember Tommen. I mean,
5: yeah. they, that's what they were there for—to Con- lend money—and it was just strictly for home. Well, okay. Concordia, Concordia, was at 63rd and Halstead, When the neighborhood, I use the term, changed, they moved out to Evergreen Plaza, and they—that's where my parents got their first loan in uh, 1958. And then there was Evergreen Park, say, Oak Lawn. Say every community had one or two of these things. But the thing I want to ask—the question I want to ask—the answer is that there was a. uh a, a logic to it when you went there, you put your money in your say no, you never check account or we got a little passbook. i I think you got somewhere between two point eight and three point two depending on the rates It was right around three percent right it was you you got it your passbook, and the mortgages were roughly six, six and a quarter. They really didn't much didn't move much did they all that whole period of time so there's essentially no. three three and a quarter percent there. That was the I use the term the vig, as they say on the south side. Right, uh, and that paid for you know the couple of bad loans they might have had. It paid for all the people in the place. It played paid for the place. It paid for the little kids uh, uh, little league uniforms. And if and if you were in a bowling league, it said you know everybody's savings and loan on the back and Nancy on the front, right? <laughs> so it, it paid. That's correct. <laughs> it, it paid for all that, and they all with like a three percent call it three and a quarter percent spread. Well, now we're into this, and you're going to tell us in a minute, but I'm going to guess you're up to 5.5% on mortgages, or somewhere in there, Easy, right? easy, easy. Alright, so explain to me where exactly somebody's getting 2.5% on the money to finance them. Nowhere. Well,
6: that's hard to say, because Danny and Freddie said, the bond prices that you know we have to go according to whatever the bond is that we you know put ourselves in. So the bottom the bottom line for me is Fanny and Freddie are making the money,
5: which is essentially the government now. Yeah, because they sold the stocks to everybody else, right?
6: That's correct. I mean,
5: well, the stocks still trade, but you don't you don't get anything. I mean, there's there's still what would have Mister T say? I pity the fool. There's still people that, that own Fannie and Freddie and swear that one of these days they're going to get all their interest, their money back, I, I fortunately, well, we don't there's have,
6: a lawsuit to, for them to do that, but I, I doubt that's ever going to
5: happen, I, I, can't imagine, them having a, if they do, it'll be such a little amount to just say, go away, uh, uh type of thing, but well, anyway, I'm considering not,
6: it's the government, how do you take the government to court and win, someone explain that to me,
5: well, I mean, I, I guess it's theoretically possible, <laughs> theoretically, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, so the...
6: Tom, we're from Chicago. We know how that works.
5: Yes, we <laughs> do know how that works. But, I mean, the point is there isn't anybody... It's not like if you go over to Lakeside or go to you or someplace that, like, the people in Lakeside Bank, if they give a mortgage out, are paying 2.5% on a savings account to finance the mortgage. Somebody somewhere is still borrowing it at 1%, because that's the federal funds rate, right? Somebody somewhere is still borrowing at 1% and managed to toss in this out at 5.5%. Well, that's a 4.5% VIG. When well, we used to be able to do this with a bunch of people in a building in the neighborhood, at 3%. How, how, are, we, how are we progressing here? Who's, who's making money? And the, I guess what I'm saying is, your guys are getting stiff well, by two, bank, yeah, by 2.5% sti- by more bank, than you were. If the bank holds it, then the bank would make the money. But
6: you've got to remember, no matter what the bank does today within five years, they want to be out of that but so yeah. in case it's higher They get more well, So then, when Fannie and Freddie does it The government does it They're stuck with those bonds And then They've got to pull them out And resell them
5: Well so who actually so, The money from I mean, Do people buy Bonds in Fannie and Freddie to So Fannie and Freddie can buy these things? Or is Fannie and Freddie just guaranteeing them?
6: Fannie and Freddie guarantees them And, and then Fannie and Freddie holds the paper And then it goes to... So then they give it to a servicer. So the servicer makes money on the escrow part of it. And if if the mortgage goes bad, it goes back from um, whoever sold them the mortgage. So let's say for me it's American Portfolio. We send it back to Sammy or Freddie, whoever in the end bought that loan. And then Sammy or Freddie has to go through all the paperwork... The initial application, all of that, if they find a mistake. It goes back to American Portfolio, and then it goes back to me. So um, that's that's kind of the way it, it works. Well, if I had, and
5: if I, if I was Daddy Warbucks and had a billion dollars, and I'd say, you know, I see these mortgage rates creeping up here. I'll throw a hundred hundred a uh, million dollars in in mortgage. You know, I'll invest a million dollars in mortgage securities. Where do, who do I even give it to?
6: You'd have to give it to somebody. You'd have to buy into a fund of Wall Street. Like Fannie and Freddie's stock is still available out there. Um, but see, it's not it's, its not a mortgage-backed security. That's how you get into those REITs and stuff like that.
5: Well, in the old days, if I wanted to finance it, all I'd have to do is go up to the savings and loan. I'll get my 3%. So there's no theres no place I can get in here and actually somebody's making money on a five, five 55
6: Correct. I agree with you, but it's it's either going to be Wall Street, it's going to be who's ever holding those mortgages, or the reef or the fund that they got the money from.
5: Well, because somebody has to, you got you got to, you got to match up the time, or else you can really screw yourself. If it's a if it's a thirty year mortgage, you got to, You got to you got to match it up with a thirty year bond, which are still only like two percent, maybe. Uh, well,
6: they could be matching it up with a ten year bond and saying that everybody will be out of the bond by bonds.
5: That's a risk you take. Well, it's... When the rates are going down, you can rest assured you're going to be out of it. When they're going up, you may not.
6: Right? That is correct. That is correct. I mean, that really is correct. And that's why it's... You know, it's like anything else. I mean... Let's just pick... Let's just pick one like IBM. I mean, you buy your stock in IBM and you hope to God that They come up with something really fabulous. And your stock price goes up and, and all of that. On a mortgage, you just get your portion of whatever the interest goes to you.
5: Well, if you... You if know, through
6: whatever investment vehicle you use to get it.
5: But does Fanny still... I mean, back... Uh, it wasn't Fannie. I think it was... Uh, I My brother knows more than me because he used to do stuff with my stepfather. But My stepfather's a pretty clever guy. And back when the mortgage rates were higher, he put... He had a lot of money. But say he put... 10 or 20 grand in a, uh, uh, he invested in a, was it Ginny May? Or who does the, uh, I think, I think it was, I it was think s- Ginny, Ginny,
6: money. Ginny May, Ginny May, I think is FHA. Sally May is the, um, federal loan system.
5: Which is the one for veterans. I think it's the one he put it in. VA. Because he invested, let's VA. say it was 20 grand, and he was supposed to get, all the mortgages in there were like 7.5%. But every, every Mm -hmm. month, his, his interest, his interest check, say, was supposed to be 200 bucks. Well, every month, he'd get like 220, 230, as people, however many mortgages were in the, in the basket, somebody'd pile out, right? So, but I'm going to say at the end of five or six years, he was down to, you know, 100, 120, 50, 20. Finally, the last check was for like eight cents because the last person bailed out but it didn't take they were all 30-year bonds but more did but the rate rates were going down so fast that everybody just refinanced and was out so he didn't get anywhere near the seven percent for 30 years he'd signed up for now, can you? are those things still yes, around what
6: happens if people start defaulting and stuff stuff starts going wrong and they have to start pulling these things apart that's when it really can
5: get ugly. Well, nothing went wrong. He got all his money plus interest. He just didn't get it for as long a period of time because people refinanced and paid him. And he so most right. of the, most of the time he was getting a check for more than his interest because there was principal in there too.
6: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
5: So he came, where did he go to get this product? It was I don't know where the hell he found it, but it was it was it was available. You know, from the right from okay. the government, I think. They they were packaged. Uh, Whatever, uh, soldier bonds for lack of a better term. And you could buy, you could buy into tranches of, and there were like, you know, probably a thousand or two thousand specific mortgages in there. And you could buy, I'm saying, is that even available today? That you know, of?
6: I mean, the only way I know that you can do it now is like through the, the market. And okay. you have to buy into REITs or something like that.
5: So them, no,
3: I do not
6: know of anything specifically, no.
5: Because, I mean, it was actually a pretty good idea, right? You get the package yeah, up these I things mean, and let people buy it one if they want.
6: Correct, but it just doesn't seem like anything works
5: that way. Hey, just as an idea, if I ever got anywhere near in charge of anything, uh, well, I am in charge of stuff. I'm in charge of managing people's money, which is always fun. Uh, but why? why wouldn't you say, if you and I were to put together a savings alone again and try it the second time through, uh, why wouldn't you have your regular passbook, you know, which is shorter term, which you got to be careful of, why wouldn't you let the neighborhood, let's say bigger than our old neighborhoods, oh, there are a lot of houses in our neighborhood, why wouldn't you let the neighborhood invest in the bonds as well, the mortgages as well, and say, okay, the passbook's 3%, we're charging 6 on the bonds, if you want uh, to be in the, the like the real high end where the guys put twenty percent down and you know are, are making a lot of dough. Let's say let's say that the A level band will pay you four percent. If you want to you want to be in a B level band where the guy only put down ten percent, now he's paying seven instead of six. You'll make four and three quarters. Why why wasn't that all packaged and sold right in the same place where people could actually invest in all the other people's mortgages in the neighborhood and not just through the passport? I bet that would work.
6: I think it would work, but mainly because the the younger generation—I mean, everything's done online. They don't want to go to the bank. They don't want to. Um,
5: well, figuratively.
6: You know it, the tech. Yeah, the, the the knowledge is is so different. The thinking is so different than what it was in those days. They can make more money, you know, with a click of a button. They wouldn't want an investment that long. I'm not real. Sh- I'm not real sure. And then you would have to still deal with. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, if it could work, all the savings and loans are gone.
5: Well, not all. We and can find one.
6: Taken over by something
5: else. Well, there might. We could, what? Uh, I bet there's one little one somewhere we could buy if you had the dough. If you let let loose the purse a little bit, you know, we could buy it.
6: No, <laughs> no, we got to get your listeners all together, and then we'll have the
5: Well, you know, I mean, the thought of everybody investing in their own neighborhood. As an esoteric positive to it, I think.
6: I agree. Absolutely. It would bring neighborhoods
5: back. Nance, I really do believe, you know, you and I, you know, talk off the show, I I really do believe that if a few people went somewhere for a weekend with uh, maybe a lot of alcohol or something or not, um, and just toyed around with some ideas, we could without having you know leave leave whether you're right or left at the door I have a feeling that there's some fixes I really do but it, we don't seem to ever get there there is but this
6: is why we need you to run for office
5: what am I going to be dog catcher you.
6: president we need you to run oh god you know how to do
5: it I, I don't have a I don't have a crew there are people around me
3: you
5: don't have a fixer I, I need I would say that if if you if you were gonna be a real third party we talked a little bit about this yesterday with audrey's very right wing friend uh if you were gonna you you would need to have because we know this is Chicago people will only talk to you if you have power right nobody cares right if you don't i mean you, you could be the nicest guy on earth, you could even be governor and like governor Quinn. but unless you you wield somewhat of a sword, which isn't really in my nature. Uh, nobody wants to talk to you. They can't get anything out of you. That's just the way the world is, unfortunately. And, uh, mm-hmm. so if, if, if I were to run, I'd have to have 20 people running for the House with me, and maybe five for the Senate. And hopefully, some of those people would win. And if you won because you were popular and, and were going to change stuff, every time somebody didn't go with you, the threat, not that, not that you wouldn't listen, because God knows there's a lot of stuff I don't have no, no no knowledge about. Uh, you would every time somebody didn't go with you, the threat would be, "We're going to run somebody against you." Right? You you have to put the fear of God. Yeah. They're they're different people than you and me, Nance. They're, you you can't you you can't approach some of these people with with the right way to do stuff. They're an extent Chicago. Where's mine? And the the, the flip side of where is mine. I'm not giving you anything, but I tell you, I will do. I'll, I'll give you somebody running against you next time if you don't. <laughs> if you don't, if you not vote my way, I mean, right? <laughs> right.
2: I mean, right. we we'll right.
5: to Chicago right. enough to know that if you if you don't have a little bit of you know, it's not the it's not the was the carrot or the stick. You need them both. I mean, mm-hmm. and, that's uh, right. Or or next time everybody in the country gets a bridge, I'm, I'm I'm line item and veto vetoing out the bridge in your district. See how that works, Joe. <laughs> I mean it's Yeah, right. I mean it just we we'd have to become unfortunately we'd have to become what we detest, wouldn't we? A little bit.
6: Unfortunately, I agree with you.
5: And it's, you know, and it's, I think
6: that's why It's
5: not my personality. I just don't, don't. I don't yeah, do that. I mean, I Yeah. I have, right. a, I have a pretty good read on what it would take to try and put the city back together here, and, and especially with some of the mm-hmm. pension areas and so forth because I was involved in some of that when we were trying to get into that stuff years ago. Matter of fact, Audrey was when she was down here working full time. She did a terrific job of, of uh, getting us presentations in front of the police department and those kinds of things. You know, you know, Audrey can open up any door. I mean, uh, I mean, she has a. I can talk about her because she's not here, but Audrey is. She, unlike me, if I was ever tried to sell something, if the first two people slammed the mm-hmm. door in my face. I'd never go try and sell again. It's <laughs> just me. If Audrey got the door slammed in her face nine times and got in and got one good lead, she's happy as a clam. She forgets all about the nine and only focuses on the one. Or, I, I can't do that. That's correct. But she's good at right. that. She's like, it's their, she'll just say, well, it's their, own, it's, it's their own bad interest. They should have picked me. I'm the best. It goes on to the next one. She doesn't care. Well, she cares a little bit, but not enough to let it bother her. But to me, it does. It just... And that's why she's. Mm-hmm. Gonna, I don't think you're as good as she is at that. That's why you do what I do. What we and I do what we do. And I'm number We're number better at numbers. But uh, right. anyway, we were. I, I could. I could. I can fix a lot of what's wrong with that ah. thing because p- too much. Pe- too many people are making too much money. There's too much minority quote participation. Where all they're doing is giving them money. They're 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 draining they're draining the, a the thing every year. I would I would I'd get somebody to put an index approach, on the. uh on the stock part, I don't I don't need 30 managers. I'll get an index approach. We're just in the market and the part we want to be in. There's enough ETFs. We can pick 10 of them. We don't need all these other people allegedly picking the best stocks. Everybody getting paid. We don't need any of that stuff. We don't need to buy individual stocks and have people charging us too much money every day for the, we don't need any of that, Nance. Yeah, I mean, but no, nobody, nobody wants to do that. I, I'd, I'd make, I'd make a hundred enemies my first day. I don't want to do that every single day. I mean, I, I
3: well look,
6: when you had this when you talked with your um her friend yesterday, did you agree on anything?
5: Well, we always agree on something. It's all it's always the difference is, is in it's in time lag where, you know, Biden did this and I'll say, Well, gee, you know, for the last twenty years this is you know, Biden caused the the uh baby formula problem. I said, Well Biden I don't I'm not a, as you know I'm not a fan of the man's but Biden didn't cause baby get down to four companies. And I'm going to guess that 30 years ago there were 20 companies and now there's four. He didn't do that. I mean, these guys are, they're, they're, they have to deal, play with the cards that are dealt and some of them are being dealt pretty lousy cards. Same thing with Lori Lightfoot. You know I'm no fan there, but she got dealt a bad deck. I don't think she's handled it very well, but it was a bad deck. Don't you agree? I mean,
6: well, I, I think she had a bad... She, I think she had a bad... De- de- start with, and then... Um, I don't think she handled uh, some situations correctly.
5: Oh, I, I agree with you. And I'm with you. But I'm saying that it, it's not like she started the degradation of the Chicago mar- manufacturing base. That's been going on our entire no. lifetime.
6: No, that started back to daily.
5: Well, even before then, probably. Back to, Which daily?
6: That went back to the daily. Yeah. Well... I think Richard controlled everything, so there was probably a different plan, but when he died, unexpectedly,
5: yeah.
6: um, that plan kind of got crashed, and, you know, it got changed, and um, people didn't, you know, they didn't follow the plan um, that they had set. I think the same thing happened in the JFK of care. I think Lincoln, uh, Lyndon Johnson changed the whatever would have been the... Um, Whatever plan he had And I think sometimes when, they, when we take the leader out Who had all the following the great plans um, And they don't get to finish That's where it really gets crazy Well
5: I think you're probably right Nance no. Thank you very much Good stuff I'll Give everybody a shameless plug Give everybody your phone number
6: uh, 708-341-9601 And you're still doing if you're Even thinking about renting If you're renting And you need to Thinking about purchasing You should give me a call Because we can set up a plan On how you can get
5: there because you got to do, do it before you look. Do it before you look, right? Yep. All right, take care of yourself. That is
6: correct. Absolutely. Thank you. and okay. Futures up Bye-bye.
5: 33. Nasdaq Futures up only 50 now. They've been linking. Be back tomorrow Stocks and Jocks.
4: Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to ptisecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Well, that
0: wasn't such a chore, now it was